Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I would like to go on a limb, you know, and just kind of give my own perspective and say that I believe one of the biggest upsets in the heavenly kingdom is when they have to witness people live outside of their power. When the angels have to be a witness of someone actually yielding to something that happened in their past, something that someone did to them, something that someone said to them, and have to be a witness to someone literally, freely, voluntarily staying shackled to the prison of their past. I could not imagine how frustrating, irritating, just all the things that in and ting that has to be to be a witness to. I don't know if they're able to leave the room when people are doing certain things. I don't know if they can say, listen, can I, I don't know if it's, you know, sick days, mental health days. I don't know what they have to take, but I know that that has to be such a burden to have insight on someone's power, to have insight on someone's purpose, to have insight on the plan that God has for certain people's lives, to go ahead and be a part of that, to be a witness to that, to actually be a part of the protective party for that. And then to see someone lay that all to the side because they decided to be stuck in their past. Oh, it probably feels 20 times worse than how it actually sounds coming out of my mouth. <laughs> because I can actually say that that's probably one of the reasons why I never really pursued or continued on the course to be a counselor. Because God has given me a special gift to see certain things at times that he wants me to say to someone. He wants me to have them break free of something. And when I see a shackle on someone, I want to give the key immediately so that it's off of them so that they can live a free life for whatever the time frame that is left that God has for them. But to watch someone almost get comfortable in the prison of their past. To watch someone decorate their pit and know that they were destined for the palace. To know that when Paul and Silas stayed in the jail, it was strategic. Because when we read a little bit later, had they left immediately without being prompted by God, that particular warden would have killed himself. But because they stayed Paul and Silas was like, you don't got to do all that, bro. We still here. And they went ahead and got bad. They took care of him and all the other stuff. The warden took them back home. And it says in the Bible that the warden's entire household got saved. That's the only time that I saw and recognized the strategicness in asking God how to exit something. But never was it the plan to stay there another night. Never was it a plan that, you know what, I can do a whole nother seven years like Jacob. Like we're not, nobody is voluntarily staying in prisons without it being a purpose attached to it. We're not doing that. I don't even think we have the insight to go ahead and declare, oh, I'm doing this for you. Just got to keep your ear to God and say, okay, so what's the next step? 
Because sometimes he'll tell you to dust your feet. Other times he'll ask you to delay something. Other times you have no idea. He has a plan that has other people's lives kind of attached to it. So what you have to do is make sure that the only thing you're doing is remaining clear in your emotions, having clarity in your mind, so that when he's asking you to do something, you're clear on what the next steps is. Point blank the period. You understand that? But I feel like if God has a plan for everyone, if everyone has a gift, if every if there is a purpose for everyone's lives, then why why is it that not everyone is living up to that potential? And then it dawned on me because most people are stuck in their past. And I think what kind of triggered this conversation was the last one that we had when we were talking about Elijah and Elisha. And I was like, ah, that sucks. That God had to just look at Elisha after a while. Like, listen, EJ, just, I can't, I can't do nothing else with you. So that I, I wonder, I would love to have pulled up a seat and spoke to someone like Moses and said, listen, if you could do it over again, would you have like done it differently? Like when God says, speak to the rock, like, would you have hit the rock like purposely like would you have wanted to have better control over your emotion would you have wanted to just not want to skip ahead of God but just repeat what God did before and not even hear that he's trying to do something different like what is it if you had to coin why you missed out on the promised land why you got to lead them and only get on the cliff to see the actual postcard instead of actually communing and and having real estate in the island like what would you have coined the reasoning for that and I bet you if Moses had a mic and he was able to say some stuff he probably would have been like bruh just I stood in my own way really yeah stuck well for most of his life what did he do he ran ran from something his emotions led him places that he should have never been when the Hebrew boys, he was trying to break up the fight, they were like, what, you going to kill us like you did the our brother yesterday? It was like, oh, he went ahead and ran to an, another place. Then when God called him for the burning bush situation and was trying to get him back to Egypt to do what he was called to do, after a while, like it was, if you look at and trace Moses' life, it looks like one emotional event after the other. God, please just choose somebody else. It's like Buddy didn't have a solid grip on his emotions and sometimes that's the anchor that prevents people from sailing to their fullest potential and most of all it is the past just like it is Moses so I I was thinking about again Elijah before he had to anoint Elisha and I was like what happened it it it, kind of made me sad I was like this is the same Elijah, EJ, that was like, yo, it's not going to rain, no dew, no mist, no nothing until I say so. And then he had to figure out real quick, how we going to eat, Lord? Because I said something and I said it wholeheartedly, but now I'll put myself in, um, you know, a little predicament. God was like, don't even worry about it, bro. Don't even worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> go ahead and go to the brook. I got some ravens. They're going to do what it needs to be done. I got you. I'm supporting everything that you're doing. I see the work that you're doing. You heavy in them streets. You you banging out for the kingdom. Like, I see you, bro. I see you, EJ. Now let's go. And then eventually the brook dried up. 
And then it was like, oh, what are we going to do now, Lord? Because I said three years, and it's looking real short of three years, sir. So what are we going to do? God was like, don't even worry about it, sweetheart. Got you. There's a woman, right? She getting ready to bake a cake. She thinks she's going to bake a cake for her and her son, and they're going to die. Not even. Tell Shorty to go ahead and give you a little piece of whatever she getting ready to make. Just make you one first, and then let's make sure that she's taken care of. So literally... EJ had a connection to God that was like, yo, that's kind of dope that God is like, huh? What he say? It's not going to rain. And he said it with more than a mustard seed side of faith. Cool. Then I guess what? It, it ain't going to rain. <laughs> if buddy said it, then that's what it is. I'm going to support it. And I'm going to stand beside him is what the Lord said. It was like, oh, okay. And then I'm looking at all the different ways that it's like, EJ was out here having fun for the kingdom, you know, kind of messing with the prophets of Baal was like, oh, bro, I put my God against your God any day. Like, let's go. Like, what y'all want to do? Oh, okay. We want to have a showdown? Cool. Then y'all go ahead and go first. Let's do this. Let's see if we put down some wood, what God will go ahead and, and put it on fire first. Like, real talk, this is not even exaggeration. This is like EJ was in them streets. He was truly like, listen, we, we getting ready to, we not playing like this game. If you really start looking at first Kings, let me see the first time that he went ahead and said the thing about the water. I think it was around maybe 12 or so. But if you start reading closer to 17, you like your buddy was in the, he was not being the play. Do you understand? Matter of fact, no, the thing with the water was first Kings 17. He was like, as surely as the Lord lives, the God of Israel is, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Okay, EJ, let's go. Like, don't hype me up. Please don't get me hype. I'm hype. Write my name in ice. You understand? And then the thing with the widow was the same thing in First in Kings 17. Like, he really has some clout in these streets. And then go ahead and start looking at the other things that he was doing in, in verse 18, or first, still First Kings. He was like, listen, he was making them prophets of Baal. He was making them folks hurt. He was like, I'm getting ready to show y'all now that my God don't play games. He even was like, yo, matter of fact, just so I can make it an unfair, fair fight, go ahead and put some water on the wood that y'all claiming Baal's going to do something. And then watch. And then when he called down fire from heaven, like God not only got the wood on fire, he killed the prophets of Ben. Like he was really doing some stuff. It was like, oh, okay. EJ was nothing to fool with. Do you understand? And this is why I did all that buildup because I couldn't imagine turning to the next chapter, 1 Kings chapter 19. And seeing EJ demolished by a word. I, this can't be the same person. Like what happened? So real quick, first Kings chapter 19, you know, I read in the NOT version. Let's go ahead and hear what happens after the whole thing with the Baal prophets. And he was killing like 450 plus, like it was a lot going on. First one, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel, who she was over there in the Baal prophet camp. She was supposed to be one of the higher ups, but we're not even going to talk about that. He told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, 
including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. Two, so Jezebel sent this message to EJ. May the God strike me and even kill me, rebuke that name of Jesus, if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Don't. Three, Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Sir, okay, four. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that, that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, repeat that, for I know better than my ancestors who have already died. Five. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree for as, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Six, he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on a hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Seven, then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Eight. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of the Lord, or the mountain of God. Nine. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Ten. Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Eleven, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Twelve. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Thirteen. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? 14, he replied again. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. Rebuke that. 15. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus where you arrived there. Anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. 16, then anoint Jeruel, grandson of Nishmi, to be the king of Israel and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah to replace you as my prophet. Pause. Whoa, I'm sorry, but the whoa, sir, you know how you can, th this, I'm like, EJ, that's you? 
Hold on, that that can't be the same EJ that was like super muscularly in the, in the other chapters before. That cannot be the same EJ that was like, oh, what happened to your prophet? Is he in the restroom? You was clowning them folks. That can't be the same EJ that was like, look, I'm getting ready to give a word so ignorant that God's going to have to be like, oh, okay, I back him. I'm sorry, he said three years? Angel, make sure it don't rain for three years. Like that can't be the same EJ. EJ, is that you? Elijah, that's you? Time out, sir. What happened? And I think that's why God asked him, what are you doing here? What happened? I'm sorry. What, what happened? Like, I, I didn't even get a clue. But when we go and look at how this chapter starts off, Jezebel's what happened. Jezebel scared this man to a point that her words superseded the power that he knew he had. Her words superseded the power and the connection that he knew for God to have. How did another person's words drive another person to a cave so deep that God couldn't even call him out of it? Elijah, is that you? And the craziest thing about it for me, not even going to hold you, is that going back to verse 1, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal, too. So Jezebel sent this message out to EJ. May the God strike her or even kill her if by the t this time tomorrow she has not killed him as he has killed the prophets of Baal. Time out. So what's her timestamp? What's her timestamp, church? Her timestamp was by this time tomorrow. But wait a minute. <laughs> but wait a minute. When, when, I, when I look at that um, and I read verse 8, it says, So he got up and he ate and he drank after the angel told him. And the food gave him enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of the God. Huh? So, Shorty said tomorrow, right? Hold on, bro. She said tomorrow, right? Wait, she said tomorrow. Yeah, everybody's agree. She said tomorrow. We now 39 days plus? What happened? Oh, so her words are not even what's driving no more. It's fear. It's fear of what she could do. It's fear of what, what could possibly happen. It's fear on what the outcome could be. But you never stop to get a reality check. If she was going to do it, she would have done it already. We already dismantled her prophet of Baal. He's not even real. The chapter beforehand, we already saw they couldn't even call him to put fire on the wood. He, they, Baal doesn't exist. And so if she's saying like, yo, I'm going to do something tomorrow and all this other stuff and we 39 days plus, then we actually got to call her bluff, don't we? Like somebody look at you and go three o'clock and you and me, I'm going to beat you up on the playground. And now it's 10 o'clock. We got to kind of look at like maybe, maybe they meant another three o'clock. But if we several days after three o'clock, bro, you, you, you scared, you probably scared too. You can't fight. I ain't going to hold you. Nobody's chasing you, EJ. 
Nobody sent a message like, oh, thank God we caught up with you. Listen, Jezebel says she's a little, she's running late, right? Because she had to do her eyebrows and get her lashes on. And her lash check is like outrageous with the time frames, like always late, not going to hold you. But she said not to worry. She remembers what she said 40 days ago. And, um, yeah, she she wants to know, let you know that she updated the plan is 60 days. So by 60 days, she's going to kill you. Nobody's coming to give you an update. Nobody's coming to tell you that this word is still true. Nobody's, I don't even think people even remember what was going to happen. They probably still crying over all the prophets of Baal that you killed the chapter beforehand, sir. So at this point, we have to just assume you stuck in the past, a past that nobody else is living in a past that nobody else remembers, but you that nobody else is letting chase them. But you, you allowed a past to chase you to the point that people don't even remember it anymore. The only thing that they're probably really remembering is dang. You remember that one time EJ killed all them prophets at one time and you walked away, not even remembering that you're remembering what a woman said she was going to do 39 days past the time. She said she was going to do it. Can we call her bluff now? If the enemy was going to do what he said and was tormenting you in your head to think that he was going to do, he would have done it already. You're never going to be able to blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm sorry. He said that song is still playing in your head. Nobody's going to want you. And nobody. But if you really stopped and said, wait a minute, can we get a reality check? You'll start to see you stuck somewhere. He's not even at no more. He just went ahead and put a song on, put a loop on for a couple of years, hoping that you didn't get strength enough to just leave the room or change the song. It's like at this point, you have to go ahead and see that your emotions got attached to a word. That's not even true anymore. Your emotions got attached to a phrase. That's not even true anymore. Your emotions got attached to a place and people aren't even there anymore you're stuck in a past that doesn't exist anymore the emotions may have been real at that time the event may have been true at that time but bro we're way past the time frame that the threat of fear was initiating in the first place shorty said tomorrow around this time we have a lot of tomorrows that pass and she ain't do nothing she ain't even got nobody on your trail who you running from that's why God had to look around like, let me just, uh, it, uh, it, what you doing here? I'm not, I'm, I don't love what you did with the place. I'm looking around it, it, bats and all that. That's not even your, 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 that's the color scheme and stuff. You was going, okay. But what are you doing here? And you know what the other surprising factor is? The fact that EJ felt like I got to update God on what's going on because maybe he didn't really know what had happened. So I'm going to repeat myself in two verses. I'm going to repeat myself in um, verse 10 and I'm going to repeat myself in verse 14 verbatim. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. Rebuke it. It's like, uh, okay, um, I'm going to ask you again. What are you doing here? Oh, from the top, make it 14. He replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, the people of it. It's like, time out, pause. Bro, he's not asking you because he didn't hear you. He's asking you because he's shocked that you're still here. He's shocked that you're still running. Who's chasing you? Who told it to you? What song are you replaying in your head? What did the enemy say that one time that got you running for all time? What is going on? How do you see yourself? Matter of fact, do you even look at the surroundings and say, I'm not used to this. When's the last time you've been in a cave, right? You've never been here before. Something about your surroundings. 
surroundings should make you kind of see that your external don't match your internal. What is going on? Why are you here? What is going on? And the fact that you felt led that I need to update God is beyond me because guess what? When I went ahead and read in verse five, God already knew. How do I know? Let's read it. Then he, meaning EJ, Elijah, laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He already knew you where you were going, sir. He already knew why you were running. He already knew that. Six, he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. But seven, then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Eight. So he got up and he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Sir, you didn't have to repeat that whole stanza that you practiced. He was already there. As a matter of fact, you skipped over it so much that not only that he was there, he woke you up once. Not only did he wake you up once, he woke you up twice. But not only that, he gave you enough food to see that if he makes you travel outside, extremely outside of the time frame that she quoted, then maybe you would be more aware that she's not as powerful as she thinks she is. Because God could have, through the angel, gave him enough food to travel for four days. He could have gave him enough shrimp to go ahead. Okay, just eat a little bit more. Okay, that's just enough to travel for 15 days. But God was like, what happens if I give you enough food to fuel you to travel more than a month? A month and a half, if you want, if you will. If I let you travel a month and a half, which is far exceedingly in a bum, what this woman said she was going to do. Shorty said this time tomorrow. But if I go ahead and give you enough fuel to travel a month and a half, would you look back and see, oh, that was just my imagination. That was just my emotions. I was stuck in the past. My bad. Let me go ahead and, and dust this off and get back on the path that God has for me. No, he didn't even do that. So when God was asking, what are you doing here? That question wasn't rhetorical. He was actually like, bruh, you're not paying attention to the signs. Shorty said this time tomorrow, that didn't happen. You, I actually am the one that gave you enough food. But then I said, no, if I give him this much, he only going to be able to travel this much. So let me wake him up again so that he can have enough fuel to get himself out of this situation and further along that he can look back and see no one's chasing you. That's in your head. No one's trying to hurt you. That's in in your head nobody is counting you out that's in your head no one's saying oh you know you're gonna lose that's in your head what is in your head that someone once said that is no longer valid because it was way long ago in those times you're not seven anymore you're not 14 anymore you're not 21 anymore those things that they said at that time no longer exist I don't even think Jezebel remembers that she still had a, a bounty on your head she probably forgot so at this point God has to ask you what are you doing here 
And I wish to goodness Elijah would have said, so glad you asked, God. Listen, Jezebel is hot on my trail. I am scared. I have been running for 40 days. I don't know where else to go. I came to this mountain to get some rest because I just like, I don't know how much more I got in these knees and ankles. But like this point, bro, I am scared. Like, what should I do? I wish he would have had a real talk, reality-based conversation with God. But yet he gave God his perspective. All these things are happening. They killed all your prophets. I'm next. I am the only one left. And now they are trying to, no, they are not trying to do anything to you. Jezebel said she was going to do something. The they that you're talking about, sir, you killed in the chapter over. Remember when you killed all the 450 prophets? Remember that? So they is not accurate. Them killing, trying to kill, none of, some of the stuff that you're saying is not accurate. I wish you would have gave your reality-based situation to God. And maybe God could have said, so did she do it? And then maybe that would have gave you the reality check that you needed. Like, mm, actually, <laughs> to tell you the truth, no. Okay. When I found, when the angel of the Lord found you the first time and made you eat, did she do it at that time? No, actually she didn't. So you were able to eat, get some rest, lay down. It's not like she gave you a super duper head start. You were sleeping for most of that. You didn't go ahead and start really marching on until maybe about, you know, a couple of days after she said that. So she didn't do it in that small time frame. And she had all the time that she had time and opportunity, sir. She had space and, and opportunity. So if she had that opportunity then, and she didn't cease it then, and then you've been stuck in this cave. So it's not like she, you hard to find. Cause I'm sure they can look down, see the footsteps and go, Oh, he went that away. <laughs> it it would have been real easy. So it's either a, she couldn't back up what she said she was going to do. Or B, you backed yourself up into a corner on what she said she was going to do. But either way, it didn't happen. So newsflash, you want to come out the cave real quick and continue to do what you've been doing before Shorty scared you? No? You don't want to? Okay, so what are you doing here? None of that is making you have a reality check to the point that God was like, I can't do nothing with him. I'm going to have to just use a little bit that's left in him to at least have him go ahead and anoint someone else. And I wish that even hearing that, like, yo, I can't use you. So go ahead, go back to the road of Damascus the way that you came. And I want you to go ahead and anoint this person for that. And I want you to anoint Elisha for that. And I want, like, literally, you <laughs> listen to, like, you got to hear this. Verse 15 says, then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus, where you will arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. Sorry, sir. I'm sorry. What did you say? I said, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. Hold on. You said what? Go back the same way you came. But sir, he was running from Jezebel, but she not chasing him. But why are you making him go back the same way? Cause she not chasing him. But sir, why wouldn't you have him take a whole nother route? It's like you want him to get killed. She's not chasing him. I'm sorry. So how come you didn't give him like, you know, maybe some steps that wouldn't be the same steps that he took because God 
is not afraid of what you're afraid of. God is not stuck in the places that you're stuck in. He's like, yo, I'm even going to show you and maybe try to get to you to see that nobody's chasing you. I'm going to do it to the point that I'm going to make you travel the same way you came. Wow. The same way you came. The same way you came, Moses. Yeah, that same Egypt you ran from, go back. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, go back. Because you ran all the way over here. You created a whole new family. You created a whole new system over here. You got everything working according to what makes you feel comfortable. And you, because you think that somebody's chasing you. You think that, oh no, they're going to kill me too. And it did say that when word got back to Pharaoh that he did what he did, he did want to kill him. But you know what? He's not chasing you no more. He don't have that power anymore. So what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to have you go to the same place that you ran from. Go back, Moses, go back to Egypt. Uh, got anybody go back to Egypt, Moses, EJ, Elijah, go back the same way you came. Yep. Through the wilderness, through the tree, all the other ways that you, the same 40 days that it took, go back there. And I need you to go back to anoint somebody else. And I wish that through that, he would have snapped out of it. Like time out. Nobody's chasing me. Time out. My mother's not here to harm me anymore. Time out. My father can't do that to me anymore. I don't have to defend myself towards against men and because of what he, I don't have to do that. Anymore. Time out. This is not the same supervisor. The supervisor's not here anymore. Hold on. This is not even the same company. Why am I still feeling the, the, the chip on my shoulder from the prior company? Time out. I don't even, I'm not even in that task bracket anymore. Why am I still having a scarcity mindset? Like with money, how come I see money that way? Time out. I'm not even that little girl that chooses wrong anymore. How come I don't trust myself anymore? Time out. I wish when God brought him back to the same way that he came, that he would have got a reality check about himself. And remembered, I'm powerful. I'm the same one that said it's not going to rain. So it didn't rain for three years. I'm powerful. I'm the same one that God backed up. Like, oh, you said put water on the wood and still put fire on it. I got you. I'm powerful. I'm the same one that told the widow, now nah, make me something first. And now she don't ever have to go hungry again. I'm powerful. I wish he would have remembered that. I wish he would have remembered that. But we look a lot like EJ. We look a lot like him. We don't remember. <laughs> Oh, how soon we forget because we're stuck somewhere and that place is not even a reality anymore. I don't even, where was Jezebel through all this? Uh -uh. Who knows? Trying to figure out how to probably recruit more prophets because Elisha killed so much. <laughs> so many of them are gone. Bum, 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 bum. She had to pour out something out for her homies because it's a rat. But we look a lot like him. We're stuck in places and God is like, why are you, why are you here? And he doesn't pacify you to say, oh, okay, I get it. Let me go ahead and help you with this journey. He's like, maybe I can show you through leading you through the way that you came, that you don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be stuck in your past anymore. There is nothing about what that woman said that can affect you now. You think I'm going to let her harm you? You think I'm going to let him harm you? They can't touch you. There's a hedge of protection over you. There's nothing that you would be able to do with me on the throne that someone else could succeed. It will form. It's not going to prosper. Like, you got to believe that. He don't play when it comes to his kids. God is about that life. You understand? Yeah, he don't play none of that. And that's the kind of posture that you should have. 
like you are so powerful. You are so loved. You are so covered. Like even the angels were like, what is man that God is so mindful of them? You're a little lower than the angels. Like he don't, he sacrificed his only begotten son just so that you could have everlasting life with him. He don't play when it comes to you. Stop letting other people keep you stuck in places he never had for you. Do you understand that? What is my challenge to you? Get unstuck, bruh. Yeah, like that's good English. Get unstuck, bruh. No comma, one sentence. <laughs> no punctuation. That's how gangsta I could be. You really need to get that. Mm-mm. Go look at your surroundings and go, did, did I get here because I, I put the battery pack of, I'm going to show them, and, and they gonna and one day he going to want me back, and then one day she going to be like, oh, I made a big mistake, and then they're going to be like, dang, I wish I would have promoted her. Like, are, what are you doing here? Whose words? Serve as the battery pack to get you so far off course that you're going to have to go back the same way you came anyway. Do you see that? Man, I tell you what, the Bible be having the juice, the T-E or the above. But I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you. But who? Your favorite homegirl. Listen, check the YouTube. Created the number two multiply. I decided that uh, coupled with these conversations that you and I have, and I actually want to pinpoint how God has taken me to my particular promised land and the courtness thereof. And I would love for you to journey with me. If not, I'm going to still keep calling you. We're going to keep having these conversations. It is what it is. But as the deaconess said, uh, Rihanna, tell your friends to pull up. <laughs> And you know that I have the text and blog community to strive and inspire on Patreon. And then you know that for all the things that are being the things created to the number multiply.com is why I'm doing all the things with this particular jar called oil of encouragement. I'm excited. I'm excited for the revelation. I'm excited for everything that God is doing through me. But most importantly, I'm excited what God is doing to you because these conversations are not by happenstance. They are not a coincidence. There is no such thing. God is strategic and he means business about you because he got a plan for you that he needs to have done. Literally, there's nothing else to it. He has a plan for you. Read you some Jeremiah 29, 11 and see if I'm, if I'm not telling the truth. That's Bible. Okay. Scripture. But listen, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. I feel like my stomach is growling, and I don't know if it's a mountain lion or if that's my stomach, but I'm going to go figure it out. So we talk later, okay? All right, later.